Uh, my life is uh, pretty calm and tame, I think, compared to all the stuff that has been going on with you, my friend. Yeah, man, it, it's just it's just getting a little busy. You know how you know life goes like that. Uh, I can't complain. A lot of it's what I asked for, so you know you can't really complain. going mm-hmm. on man um, i don't know why i got my background blurred out i think it may have been for another call so i just moved or like i moved yeah about a while back um and i was on these calls and i think it was because all my artwork art, all my artwork was taken off that uh that i probably blurred my background i'm gonna unblur it here because you are family ryan uh, once <laughs> i find out how to do it yeah, Brian, what's been going on, man? How you doing? Nothing much. Pretty good. Um, I checked uh, back the the episodes. So the last time we chopped it up on the record spinner, I think it was back in February. Yeah, man, it's it's, <laughs> it's been a minute, man. It has been oh, a minute, yeah. dude. Uh, and I mean, a lot's happened as as you probably got with that mm-hmm. last update episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm I'm still here with the record spinner podcast, man. And you know, I think. Officially, we added Tara to the crew, which is dope. Uh, I think she may join us. She may not. Um, mm-hmm. That's whatever. But yeah, let's talk about you, man. What's been going on with you, dude? Like, Yeah. No, just, uh, you know, uh, for those of you that have uh, listened to us in the past, uh, a lot of you know uh, I'm a public school teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I teach junior high uh, age students in music. Um, so at the end of the school year, uh, we, we wrapped up uh, a school musical production, which was awesome. Because awesome. the last time that we tried to do a school musical production would have been uh, scheduled for April 2020. So when uh, we ex- in the state of Illinois, as well as all across the U.S., that was kind of March was kind of the beginning of the uh, pandemic and the shutting down of schools. So um, that production in 2020, unfortunately, had to get canceled. And then um, for the school year of 2020-2021, we were still pretty much in a highly mitigated virtual learning environment. Um, And we did do a a school musical production, but it was like a virtual production Mm -hmm. where you basically have the kids um, on site recording scenes and recording vocals and choreography. You're recording it and then you basically edit it together. Okay. Right. Awesome. Um, and we did the best that we could with the resources that we had, but you know, it definitely is not like the real thing. So this past school year where um, in Illinois, uh, pretty much the mitigation started to be reduced and things, you know, were looking positive from a COVID perspective. Uh, so we were actually able to do a full uh, school musical production. Um, and when was that? That was at the end of April. Um, and kids had a great positive experience, a live production with a live audience. Um, at that point in time in Illinois, masks were optional for audience members, as well as cast members and crew members. Um, and the kids just had a really great positive experience. So I was really happy about that. And then end of school year, summer, um, you know, uh, teacher summer plans is trying to recharge, mm-hmm. do some reflection, um, haven't really, um, 
not yet into the oh gotta prepare for school just quite yet yeah, um, yeah. still in the schools <laughs> out for yeah. summer still, still <laughs> in the school out for summer mode uh but the family and i uh, a couple weeks ago we just did a, um, a family vacation uh to hawaii we were on the island of maui and Very that nice. was pretty much paradise um so that's that's you know that's kind of um where we are we, we're gonna go camping uh, with my wife's uh, parents in uh, Wisconsin this uh, upcoming mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll take us to August. And once it hits August, the kids will be starting school pretty soon. Um, I'll be starting school pretty much uh, right after they start. Um, so August is kind of when. I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask when you, when do you get, when do you get out of schools out for summer mode? When does that like, mm-hmm hit like because i remember when i was a kid it would be around like mid-august late august is it still the same schedule still pretty much the same i would say from when we were of that school age k through 12 Mm -hmm. um schools generally start earlier nowadays yeah i've heard yeah yeah high schools um i'm not sure how it was with you when you were in high school but when i was in high school um you would always have winter break and then you would um, have your final exams for first semester after winter break. Mm-hmm. So it was always like you had this two week winter break, you came back, you had finals, yep. but pretty much every high school, at least in our state, um, tries to do their final exams before winter break. Cause it kind of does make sense that way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of schools, the trend has been to start earlier and earlier. So if some schools start as early as first, second week of August, um that's actually becoming more the norm so definitely um the school where i teach we're still starting a traditional mid third week of august um so for me as a teacher and as a parent typically once it hits august you're starting to get school supply shopping school uh, clothes back to school school clothes back to school ads (laughs) um I'll need to, you know, get back into the classroom and start doing some organizing and prepping. Okay. Uh, so just trying to enjoy these last few days of summer, that's for sure. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Um, fun fact. So you're talking about summer adventures. I actually caught COVID. Um, Ooh, yeah, okay. yeah, I caught COVID uh, back in. Uh, actually, I'm just getting over it. Like literally, like mm-hmm. I went to a conference in Florida for work, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I, I it was at the back of my head but like it was 700 people you know all like in in the industry in which i work in um but like it it was just absolutely amazing an amazing conference i was a part of and and had you know had to work to plan out and and map out and all that good stuff but i come home and i'm ready to start my like little summer my mini summer vacation because i got a week off right from after the conference and i'm like yeah cool i'm about to you know vacation hard or whatever I spent that whole entire week, of course, recovering from uh, COVID, mm. and and it was it was a, a, a crazy experience, honestly. Um, but yeah, I usually go to New York uh, around like July, and and it's been pushed back to August, which is cool. But I won't have a whole week, of course. I'll have more like three or four days a weekend or whatever, a long weekend. But um, yeah, my my New York trip was spoiled, man. So like, I was like yeah. a little mad about that because COVID got to me. So. So whatever, but I'm doing better, uh, way better. Didn't have to go into the hospital or anything like that, or you know, just whole bunch of whole bunch of drugs, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> made me feel better. Um, 
so yeah so be be weary out there guys or, or be careful out there because you know COVID is still out there so mm-hmm. but maui mm-hmm. is dope that is awesome man yeah because... yeah that was a kind of like a once in a lifetime yeah. um experience and we were able to bring the kids because the kids were old enough that we felt comfortable they'd enjoy it and they, they definitely did and you know just the weather just the people yeah. just kind of the beach life any um, records out there i know that Hawaii. there was there was one record store on that whole island oh wow and i, I didn't hit it up because it's kind of one of, it was like the last day uh-huh. and we checked out of our little like villa that we had rented Ooh, a villa a villa uh, yeah beach bay <laughs> villa. <laughs> um and we checked out of there by like 10 but our flight out wasn't until 5 p.m maui time mm-hmm. Um, so we had some time to kill, you know, visited some other things mm-hmm. and then, but it was like one of those things where it's like, I know if I hit up this shop, my family's going to be stuck with me for like, <laughs> for the last remaining hours of time that yeah. we have left yeah. on this beautiful island. <laughs> so I sucked it up for the crew and it's like, yes, I see that record store, the only record store on the island, but no. I'm okay. We can we can keep going and run and... the sacrifices that you have to make <laughs> as, as head of family, man. I get it, bro. I get it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yo, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I went to a record shop yesterday actually, because yesterday was like the first day I could actually go out and do stuff. Uh according to my my, yeah. my girlfriend who's a medical professional and she so she's like guided me on like how like to handle all of the the, the lockdown and stuff right like uh personally for me because i was in the house like i didn't leave i was cooped up quarantined all that good stuff um but yeah i left finally yesterday and i went up to silver spring because i'm a little closer now to silver spring than i was or ha- than i have been since i've lived in dc which is coming up on 10 years believe it or not um, and so I went up to Silver Spring, hit up Joe's, a Joe's Record Paradise, which yeah. is a highly recommended place um, for all record fans, for all music lovers. They have a little bit of everything, CDs and VHSs, books and stuff like that. So like, it's a really awesome place to just go if you're into physical format. I went over there and spent a few dollars, uh, nothing crazy. It didn't get into anything too crazy, but um but yeah, I got some good stuff that I'll be highlighting later today yeah. on, on today's episode, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get started. So I know I didn't intro the show properly. We never do here, but welcome to <laughs> the Record Spinner Podcast. I'm your host, uh, No or Noel or Leon. I don't know how I'm going to do this now, guys. Like, yeah. Am I going to say Leon or am I going to say Noel? I think yeah, I'm going to go think... with Leon. I think we're just yeah, going to say I Leon. Think so. uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm your host, Leon Spinner, here at the Record Spinner Podcast. And I'm joined with the co host, Ryan Claren. Um, what is going on, folks? I hope everyone's safe and all that good stuff. Uh, today's going to be a rather shorter episode. Uh, Tara was supposed to join us, but I'm just here with my guy, Ryan, because some stuff popped up in our community. I try to stay away from the drama, guys. You guys, we all know that. I mean, drama is a part of of like entertainment, right? And even though, you know, podcasts are considered entertainment, like I try to keep it in the realm of like my perspective and not like so much of like the drama and all that stuff. But the vinyl community's got a little bit of drama right now, and uh, it's been all over the web. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later with Ryan, who is obviously our audiophile expert, who knows a lot about this stuff and sort of can break down in our perspective as the Record Spinner podcast, 
uh, what this means or how this hurts or helps the vinyl community in any way. Um, but before, I mean, we got into all our updates, Ryan. So like, I mean, we could we could rehash if you want, but we essentially did our updates uh, before we we called the show in. But um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm glad to see you again, Ryan. It's been such a long time, man. It's uh, you know I've missed you. You hit me up uh, when summer first started. You were like, dude, summer's here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> like let's like I'm all yours. And I'm like, oh man, like I'm in the middle of this move. Uh, I'm in uh-huh. the middle of like trying to figure out my finances. Like it's just not a great time. But of course we got some time, and we'll get a few more episodes in before you know uh, before you head back to school. So don't worry, Ryan. We'll we'll you know we'll we'll get some yeah. we'll get some EPs in real quick. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so I guess I mean without you know. Harping on, you know, all the updates. I mean, one of the biggest updates for me is the staff writer thing um, that I'm doing with uh, Home Rule uh, Music, Home Rule Music Magazine or Home Rule Magazine, I think it's actually called. I should know the name of the magazine I write for. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, But yeah, so that's been really cool. Uh, It's been really awesome. I got my second assignment here for the second issue. I'm excited for that. Um, we got a whole bunch of cool stuff happening in DC coming up here with uh, with Next Fest, which is another free festival uh, for jazz and go-go fans here in the nation's capital. Um, so I'm urging all fans of, of that genre, of those genres to go and check it out. Um, it's sponsored by a whole bunch of dope folks. Um, I know there's, there was this weird little uh, controversy here in DC with Mochella, who's a sponsor of Next Fest, Mochella. Uh, I, I know this guy, by the way. I know the guy who, who who runs it, who operates it. I play basketball with him, um, and he uh, they had an incident at Mochella, which made sort of called into question if it was a sanctioned event, which you know goes into a whole another area of of not my expertise, right? So I'm not going to get into it. But um, but yeah, he's sponsoring. They're sponsoring Mochella. Um, they're sponsoring for the next fest. Uh, the lineup has yet to be released, but as always, like they really have some killer, killer acts. Um, one of their artistic directors, uh, I believe, is Luke Stewart, who's uh, a, a famous bassist out of the DC area. He's a bass player and the upright bass, I believe. Um, and he's an awesome guy. I haven't met him yet, but I've, I've been in some circles with him and he's a really cool guy. Um, I think that's the really big update for me, honestly. Uh, I'm working on trying to change the format of the show, Ryan. You know, um, since we're working in a visual, like, in a visual hobby, right? Like, I mm-hmm. want to make the show more visual and less mm-hmm. of an audio experience. Mm-hmm. And so, like, right now, I'm trying to fiddle with, like, are we going to do a Zoom? Like, are we just going to... Because I've seen podcasts who do it like that, right? Like, yeah. are, are we just going to record the Zoom like we do? Mm -hmm. Um, and then put that out because that could be cool that could be Mm -hmm. something or you know are we going to do something a little bit more creative i don't know i'm looking at you know all those areas and stuff so we'll see we'll see how it goes but uh but yeah i'm glad you guys decided to join us today uh it's a beautiful day today here in the nation's capital how is it in chicago what's the weather like up there it's uh i'm not sure if you're familiar with uh chicagoland summers but basically hot and humid is the mm. is the is the is the order I thought, <laughs> I thought it would be beautiful because you guys have such brutal winters up there like i thought no, like it would level out no no <laughs> so even even in the suburb where i live it's technically in the mid to upper 70s mm-hmm. but that humidity 
it, it's a beast it like mm. it feels like it's like mm. 90 degrees gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> it, it, it is it is not a pleasant feeling um out there at all this upcoming week i'm just looking at my kind of my device my phone mm -hmm. uh seems like it's going to be pretty reasonable but this past week or so we've uh, it's been kind of like upper 80s 90s with crazy humidity so you're, you're not it's it's so brutal out there you're not doing anything outside yeah yeah you're, you're staying inside you got that ac going you see it's very um, similar in that regard <laughs> that it's it's swampy that's how i like yeah. to call it it's just like yeah. a, it's a swampy heat yeah. which is like yeah it, it hits you in the face but um but it i mean it's nothing compared to florida which i just got back from florida mm -hmm. reminds me of africa in a lot of ways like my trip to <laughs> ghana awesome. no i'm i'm not even kidding my that trip to awesome. ghana is very reminiscent of florida because anytime i stepped outside it was like the heat was just like it was just it just literally was mm -hmm. in your face like hey how are you like do not <laughs> prepare for anything other than this right here like <laughs> so so it was intense but uh but i made it out so it was all good but um but yeah, I see you got that uh, Eric Dolphy shirt on. I like that. I like that a lot. Out to Lunch, one of my favorite records by yeah. him. Uh, classic. Yeah. And of, of all the various uh, random musical t-shirts that I have, mm -hmm. this one actually, uh, uh, my daughter, you know, she finished up the softball season. And at one of her, her softball tournaments, like a random guy came up to me and was like, hey, man, where'd you get that shirt? I'm like, <laughs> Whoa, Where do this you is like this shirts? is everything this is this is why you do this this yeah. is why yeah you know you're, you I, i've prepared for this conversation in my head <laughs> yeah yeah you for, worked on this conversation i've worked on this but so you know where do you get your... play, yeah uh this particular one was from a store called unique low okay so okay. spelled u-n-i-q-l-o I, I know that store um i think it's originally like a japanese brand yeah and yeah they, they're they're now in the u.s and i think they're mostly set up in on the west coast but we have a storefront location here in the chicagoland area um but they've they've had a kind of a long-standing uh, an actual legit collaboration with blue note records for merchandise and for t-shirts so i've got a number of just classic blue note shirts through that blue note uh slash unique low collaboration mm -hmm. um but this is the one that kind of, uh, yeah. So this random guy was just like, yeah, I've, I've got that record. Well, cause you know, nice. you know, and it was nice. just, it was just cool just to like, oh, you know, you like jazz. I like jazz. Like, again, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been, I've been practicing this conversation <laughs> for a very long time. No, it's a great conversation <laughs> starter. Those shirts. Yeah. Uh, I have quite a few, I have a lot of label shirts as well. Like just like mm -hmm. the label, like fantasy or like, you know, like, uh, I think soul jazz records is another one I have. I wear a lot. Yeah. I get compliments on that. And it's like, Hey, like, you collect jazz or you you know about records and i'm like yeah uh -huh, like yeah. and i just you know chat them up you know casually or whatever uh they're great conversation starters for sure mm -hmm. i think uh yeah and and uh, be, beyond that they're just really cool shirts too like that's mm -hmm. a fly shirt so i like it um speaking of records though like have you noticed i'll go with topic two um before yeah, we, we hop into the mofi stuff awesome but have you noticed anything going into record shops lately uh if you've gone into them I, i've only gone yeah. into one since um since moving over to this area um have you noticed anything weird with them since this whole inflation stuff has kicked off man like it's been tough out you here know for a lot of folks. yeah um i haven't so um this summer especially has been really weird for me from a vinyl perspective um i've actually been selling vinyl oh um yeah i know because you remember i think the last time we chopped it up 
I was very, I don't think I really, I mean, I would I'd sell a piece here or there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but once we got into the summer and it was kind of premeditated just as we were as we were preparing for our Maui trip and we were kind of looking at the, gotcha. the financials I do of the it all. I do the same thing. Um, if, if there's a big you know trip I mean? or there's something going on where I, I need to sort of refigure some. And, and, yes. and our hobby is good for that because you can sell, yes. you can offload some stuff. You can get it back. If, yes. You know, if, if it's that common. Of course, you yeah. don't want to touch the rare stuff if you don't have to. Yeah. But, you know, if you need to, you know, it's right there too yeah. and you can you know, offload it. So, yeah, I get and that. So this summer has really been the first real time where I've really started to evaluate my vinyl collection, just generally speaking, and being like, I don't listen to this, yeah, right? Yeah, and man. it's taking space. And then, but combined with just the whole environment of just like inflated value of goods, mm -hmm. like I'll go on my discogs and be like, this is worth that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like... You know, I had, you know, with the family, with the Maui trip, with just wanting to um, clear out some space in the crib. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of was the premeditation to start really selling off just some vinyl um, and no regrets, to be very honest with you, because it's kind of like one of those things where it's like once you get it packed up, you get it shipped out. Like, I'm not like having nightmares like, what did I do? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because those funds they're being used for yeah, things family. like gas yeah, for yeah. family yeah. for helping out you know with expenses with uh family vacation all that kind of good stuff it's um but really... going go for it Sorry. going back to your point um i really as i haven't really spent much time driving out to the various record stores mm -hmm. and it's really more about just the price of gas yeah man. generally speaking yeah. so i'd be curious for anyone out there listening you know just like um i just feel like um, like last year, I think at this time, gas, at least in my area, was like more than half of the cost it is right now. Mm -hmm. So last summer, I do remember I was, you know, kind of post pandemic having that, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, things, the mitigation is starting to drop. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Start going out you and doing say those post, kind of It's things. definitely post because, I mean, yeah. it's not as urgent as it is now. Like, I mean, I, sure, I caught sure. it and I just hung out in the house for, you know, five days. So, so. you know, last summer, I didn't, I wouldn't think twice about, okay, I got two hours to kill. Mm -hmm. um i'll go ahead and drive you know into the city mm -hmm. you know where a lot where my one of my favorite um record shops is tone deaf records um and drive in the city and you know pay for parking and you know spend an hour or so and then drive back home but this summer it's been like i, I think i'm good kind of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i yeah, mean yeah um I, I don't have that issue luckily because i don't even own a car right so like I haven't I haven't dealt with that um, directly, but I have noticed like the with the gas prices, uh, you know, it's it's tough out here, man. Like it's it's mm -hmm. a different it's a different area uh, for sure. Um, we're operating in with this inflation and, and all the economic stuff we're dealing with, of course, after the fallout with the pandemic. Um, the thing I've noticed uh, for for me is sort of what you what you were saying, like, you know, price, like just sort of offloading some stuff. I did it for a move, of course. Um, I sold a few pieces on Discogs and a few things that um, I've been meaning to, you know, give away even like, which by the way, uh, I just want to say to Alexandria, whoever else I owe records to, as far as like free <laughs> records, they're on the way. I just had some shipping stuff that I was getting out of the way with some, some actual commerce, right? Some sales. 
um and i'll be getting the free stuff out very very shortly here so um sorry it's been so long i, I promised um alexandria who was on one of the episodes uh black girls love vinyl she was on that mm-hmm. she's she's the founder of that yeah i promised her a record for uh, a psychedelic record and uh it's been it's literally sit i'm looking at it right now like it's sitting here like just waiting <laughs> to be boxed up and, and mailed out but i haven't done it so like in a few in a few others too um who i promised records to so if you're on that list do know that i'm still gonna get you your records so yeah it's free so don't complain <laughs> right oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah oh yeah um let me see uh so yeah that's interesting right that's really interesting uh you know i've i've been there uh, selling stuff off and um you know it's it's a it's a weird double-edged sword for a hobby right you think about it like it's a great thing i think about it all the time where it's like i'm in a hobby where i spend a lot of money but if i ever need it it's sort of like a weird like as long as records are still you know in and and people are still Mm -hmm. buying them and collecting them it's one of those things where it is sort of not i don't want to say a cash cow but it is something that you can go to and liquidate some of your stuff and be like hey like i don't need this anymore this is just taking up space i listen to it twice Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. i can offload that and get a, a pretty penny for it and you know and maybe you know put that in my gas tank or you know I yep. don't, like i said i don't own a car so put that on metro or, you know whatever mm-hmm. so yeah. it's one of those things you have to be really grateful for um in a weird way right because like, yeah. no one wants we're all collectors so no one wants to sell at the end of the day but like, correct you do have to sometimes so yeah whatever. but you know i do plan on um visiting um this record store that i referenced which is kind of like my go-to my favorite mm-hmm. um i did visit them i think only once this summer just a couple weeks ago had a really nice and always like it's one of those things where i'll always find at least one thing but i just like the experience of talking to the talking to the owner and he does a lot of live events so it's just great to support his business um but i'll probably hit it up at least one time before the beginning of school um and you know i i'm i'd be curious to um and he's a really cool guy like i know i'll i can just you know have a casual conversation with them yeah. as the record store owner how it has been for you um and you know you know have you seen more people coming in to like sell off vinyl as a result of kind yeah. of yeah. you know inflation in the economy um so i, I think i think it's a, it's always going to be a pretty complex thing for actual record store owners themselves always yeah. um because they i mean a lot of them i know neil i know um you know neil out here in psalm records shout out neil uh charvis out in hr records i know that they drive a lot to go and you know yeah. collect their vinyl to get their vinyl yeah. and go and see people's collections so i wonder if the gas prices have really affected them i could definitely talk to charvis about that as well and see yeah um but my new york trip going back just a step real quick uh, my new york trip my new york trip was spoiled because i was actually going to out my whole the whole trip was planned around going to Legacy and Dumbo. This is a record yeah. store, it's sort of a record boutique. I don't know if you've checked them out on Instagram, but like mm-hmm. they're owned by uh, the guy who did um, uh, Digging for Weldon, which is an amazing documentary featuring uh, the life and legacy of Weldon Irvine. Um, uh, the guy's name escapes me. It's um, shoot, why can't I think of this guy's name right now? Um, Victorious, Victorious da Costa, yeah. And, but yeah, he's a great guy. I've been meaning to check out that shop. Uh, I will still check it out when I go up in, in August, but like, you know, with everything going on, I, I don't know if the hours are changed or whatever. So I hope that, you know, everything's still kosher up there. 
but yeah, I mean, take care right now, guys. Like, I mean, you know, do what you have to do to, to maintain. And if that is offloading or if that is, you know, uh, not buying as much, just like you, Ryan, I haven't been yeah. in record stores because of this move. Yeah, it's been yeah my, vinyl, my vinyl purchasing um, has definitely dip. reduced. It's yeah, definitely reduced. Yeah. I spent but in a, in a good yesterday. way. In a good way. Yeah. Like, I don't have... I don't feel bad. I don't miss it. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like, uh, you know, the, 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 the term FOMO fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have any of that because it's all about just like your priorities and kind of where you're at, you know, in your kind of current. That is so interesting, Ryan, because I feel the exact same way. It's weird because I I remember we did an episode a while back about FOMO within our Mm -hmm. community, right? Because so much of it is based around these record Mm -hmm record reissues and and these releases and these you know mm-hmm. these these gold mines and these uh these rarities and these wall pieces so much of it is based around like what, what we're seeing from other folks in other communities right mm-hmm. um but lately i haven't even and and people who follow me on ig probably know this but like i haven't even been on ig that much because mm-hmm. like Same. yeah i just <laughs> haven't i haven't my headspace right now is just in a whole different place yeah. right now and so yeah. like I haven't really had time to, you know, think that much about, you know, the records in the in our community, which is which is sad. That part's sad, right? But <laughs> like the the part that I don't miss, like spending that much on records because I have all of the music that I that I need here in my home <laughs> already, right? Like I have all my uh-huh. all my goodies. I know there are a few pieces I'm just, that I want, but you know. I'm I'm smiling right now for all y'all listening because. I feel exactly the same way, mm-hmm. but for those of you that are first-time listeners, coming in expecting that we're just going to be hardcore, buy this, yeah, buy, yeah, that, yeah, buy that, vinyl is <laughs> awesome, and you're no. you're hearing these you're hearing these two brothers basically like, man, I got family, I got bills, <laughs> yeah, I got bills, I got man. things to take care I'm of, selling gotta, records, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm selling, selling records, I'm not going, to I'm store. giving I'm records away stuff. because like I got I'm giving the space. records away, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so first-time listeners out there yeah you're, you're getting you're getting a different vibe it's, here just, just it's a real up. it's real i mean we're and i it's think we're real. we're real collectors too it's not like right. it's not like we're like you know halfway in this or whatever like i've been collecting for damn near a decade now you've been collecting for a little while um it's it's not like we're we're telling the truth about how it is right like yeah. and yeah. i mean i have a little over 600 records like that's way yeah, mine, more mine's actually about similar to yeah I, I mean that's way more music than i actually listen yeah, to on my turntable exactly. every week exactly. like i i could i could definitely get rid of some stuff and, and i it's just being honest right like yeah there's times where it's like hey man like do you want to go to new york or do you do you want to do this okay cool well you know you gotta offload some stuff to yeah, make yeah. room for some stuff so that you know you can exactly. enjoy that trip or enjoy this time or, or whatever you want to do right whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever your thing is right so mm-hmm. um yeah man it's interesting but i, I move in here i've been here now for a little over a month which is crazy to think about that's how fast time flies um actually yeah it's a little yeah a little over a month yeah so it's been cool uh it's weird the neighborhood is like it's so i don't know if you remember that episode where i talked about brightwood park that's where charis's mm-hmm. shop is it's sort of in the yeah. cut it's like no metros out there i live right next to a metro but it's in that same vicinity it's in that area right so like my my apartment building is right near a metro station which is dope for me getting back and forth to work 
but the crazy part is that i'm like sort of in no man's land like with like amenities and like cool shops and all that stuff like i have of course <laughs> hr which is dope i have silver spring which is right up the street too um but like a lot of the eateries and little stuff that i'm so used to like sort of living in the heart of dc like it's sort of not here anymore mm-hmm. um i mean the stuff is coming back obviously because dc is sprawling right because you mm-hmm. know, it's grown it's just people who live in you know manassas are saying that they live in dc so you know like it's it's just we're out here it's growing it's a growing place um yeah but yeah like and just to go along with that i'm unfortunately you know chicago has a, a thing where it's like where you're from i'm from chicago so we're in the city of chicago oh i'm actually from the western suburbs like yeah. i'm one of those DC, unfortunately dc's notorious for that yeah. dc is like i think and this is just me being weird here but i think dc invented that almost because it's like dc is it's a it's small it's small square footage right so it's like it's not that big of a city as far as like the actual the city limits right but it's known for its area the surrounding area the dmv right that's what we call it and so like some people say like now it's starting to be a trend that people say oh yeah i live in the dmv which is dope um but you know for such a long time when i first moved into dc I would hear people say like oh yeah i live in dc and i'm like oh yeah what neighborhood like what you were saying they'd be like oh, i live in alexandria or oh i live in you know i live in springfield and i'm like you live in springfield virginia and alexandria saying, is a di- alexandria is a different state isn't it no yeah it is it's, it's virginia <laughs> so but i mean because of the area it's like people just get to like you know claim dc because it's yeah. so close to dc because it's uh-huh. nova or it's the dmv uh-huh. and so it's like and let me break down Nova if you're not from the area. So Nova is like Northern Virginia. I'm from Virginia. I'm from Southern Virginia though, by, by birth, right? That's where I was, you know, reared and stuff is Southern Virginia. So Northern Virginia gets to say, oh yeah, I'm from DC. And it's just because literally they're in the northernmost part of Virginia that's close to DC. That So they get to like do that weird claim where it's like, oh yeah, I live in, D- I live in D- the DMV. And it's like barely, but congratulations whatever um it, it's a it's all funny because every i think every metro area has has that yeah. i've heard i've heard it about yeah. new york um i've heard it about you know chicago i've heard it about yeah. la like it's yeah. one of those things that's where, why you'll notice I'm, i i try to be specific i say I, chicago I land chicago yeah, yeah. Land. yeah I, I still say you're in chicago because if you're if you're from the outside and i i hate going in on this but if you're from the outside looking in it is all sort of the same. Like, there's no, like, I, I won't be able to tell you the difference between Chicago land and Chicago, yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, Chicago has yeah. a different vibe where it's like, it's so large and it sprawls out in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. Even if you're kind of in a suburb of Chicago, mm-hmm. that threshold between suburb and into Chicago could be just like a few minutes. So, yeah. even for those of us that do live in the suburbs outside of Chicago city proper, mm-hmm. um, you know, we spend so much of our like financials and so much of our entertainment time actually mm-hmm. in city proper. That- yeah, yeah, and, and that's DC too. So let, let let me back up and apologize to all those folks in Springfield and Alexandria <laughs> and Silver Spring because it's the same thing. Like it's like you know, I mean because dc is so like such a such a hip place especially now with the you know just not even the nation's capital thing like right it's like because of the neighborhoods the neighborhoods are like a really cool talking about u street i'm talking about h street i'm talking about you know columbia heights and all these places where you know like they're nightlife and things happening right like so it's a cool place to come and like a lot of folks come in not just for work anymore but to like spend their quality time 
Um, so yeah, in that case, we all are one. We're DMV. And so I, I apologize. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to move past that because we could go on that for, for days because I have so many thoughts around that. But but yeah, let's get into like the, the real big topic before we yeah. close out here with our vinyl recommendations. Ryan, I've heard yeah. a lot about this MoFi stuff. Um, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> understand it because I don't I don't I don't own any MoFi records. I don't believe yeah. Um, yeah. So if you could, could you break this down for record spinners to sort of yes. like understand? Because I don't understand. Yes. That. Yeah. And then I'll kind of differentiate for those of you that are listening in where you're kind of in similar audiophile spaces that I frequent. Um, you know, a lot of my discourse and a lot of my knowledge base is rooted in some of the online forums. There's an online forum that uh, I'm a, you know, and that I'm a, a part of called the Steve Hoffman um, oh, yeah. forums, yeah, really Steve Hoffman music forums. Yep. Um, so, and actually, um, there's this huge thread that got started. So, the just to give some background, some context, um, uh, a guy named Mike Exposito, mm -hmm. who runs a record store called In the Groove out in Arizona, mm -hmm. um, in the and especially in the audiophile space, uh, he's definitely part of a handful of shops that people um, definitely frequent um, both in person and online even like the two times that I've randomly went through Arizona mm -hmm. I made it an effort to make it to this guy's shop nice. that's kind okay. of how reputable yeah, he is yeah. so on July 14th was when he posted on his YouTube channel um, basically breaking the news for the first time and the news that he broke was that he had heard from enough reputable sources um, that Mobile Fidelity, uh, which is probably of the reissue labels, the longest, like the OG yeah. of reissue labels, yeah. for, for lack of a better word, yeah. the, the longest it, standing. You'll see it on the, the most top of those records, right? Like they're noted correct. for those those beautiful like covers that the, or the beautiful yeah. labels that they'll put on top of the covers where it's like mobile yeah. fidelity. You'll see it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, mobile fidelity's whole claim to fame was that um, they their whole reissuing philosophy is um, to take the original analog master tape mm -hmm. and to get the sound of the original analog master tape to you um on vinyl um i mean they would eventually with the 80s and 90s they would also have a whole um cd and super audio cd market um but when when people think of mobile fidelity you're really thinking about their vinyl history and vinyl reputation so of all the various reissue labels they are they're they're definitely the largest they're the only reissue label that actually has full-time salaried employed mastering engineers so mm. a typical mastering engineer is really more like a consultant yeah right yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing that work but mobile fidelity has a handful of like these are people that make like a solid salary and have benefits and they're genuine so mobile fidelity you know they're known they do stuff in-house and i mean this is of the reissue labels this is this is the og this is the big one um and part of the reputation has always been centered on the concept that um they're using original analog master tape mm -hmm. and that though and that it stays in a fully analog domain mm -hmm. to you on the vinyl right um and that's what the people pay for, for right yes yes for many of us as consumers um 
we had always looked at their marketing and their verbiage and I guess just assumed um, based on kind of their reputation and what we kind of believed that um, there really wasn't any kind of digitization in the chain, mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. process that, you know, they were procuring these analog master tapes and then they were cutting these analog tapes directly to a lacquer and then going through the whole vinyl production process. Um, and then, um, you know, MoFi transitioned to their one steps that are a little bit more expensive. You and talk, they have you a, introduced me to that, by the way, you, yes. there was an episode, go back. If you haven't heard that episode, yes. I can't remember what episode it may have been one of our first episodes we recorded together. Um, but you hipped me to that, the one step. You yes. broke that down in an episode yeah. where you uh, it was flawless. So like you were like, yeah. this is how yeah. one step. And yeah, beautifully packaged, beautiful sounding, all that good stuff. So on July 14th, uh, Mike Exposito of In The Groove Records from Arizona um, released this YouTube video that um, I've never experienced the, res the responses. And I mean, it literally was like a nuclear bomb of information is basically mm -hmm. what it was mm -hmm. it's kind of like and you know it, it if i were to summarize because I've, i'm trying to be very careful with our yeah. time and this podcast of course, of course. because my general feeling is that there have been so many youtube thingies yeah. and like clickbaity thingies yeah, and that... online discourse that i think a lot of consumers are even in the short period of time are getting bombarded by so much information so i'm just i'm trying to keep focus and summarize but no, I love long it. I love it. yeah long story short um the claim is that um mofi has um basically been taking analog tape but actually converting it into digital mm -hmm. um using a pro uh, archiving um so copying the tape and then making it digitizing it in, in a format called a dsd so mm. dsd is a really highly advanced um digital, digital format is it higher that than, basically um, if you're familiar with what's the highest one we talked it, about before what's not not m4 um uh flack is it is it higher than a yeah oh, oh yeah okay. yeah D, dsd is what you would use to um if you've ever heard of the term high resolution mm -hmm. music mm -hmm. high resolution download or um even super audio cds yeah um dsd is the is the the file format that you would actually use to master and produce a super audio cd oh, wow. or you could um you could listen to a dsd file and this more often than not this would be kind of uh, for many uh, dsd is considered the pinnacle of digital audio so listening you, so and digital you wouldn't experience. even the, the normal ear wouldn't even technically even be able to no, most people wouldn't so, be able to know <laughs> that they're listening to um, versus a yeah. really analog. Your take, I'm asking, I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. my ear is, I, I don't know what, yeah. I'm, what I'm listening to half the time. So. <laughs> so that is, so when this video dropped um, online, at least in the Steve Hoffman music forums, so that dropped on um, July 14th. So I'm just going to use my little yeah, iPad right here um since july 14th the thread that's on the hoffman music forums is just shy of 350 pages already mm. so take your basic online music form however many posts you can fit on a page mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anywhere from 25 to 50. yeah, yeah um yeah. so july 14th was when the news dropped yep it's and 10 days. for lack of a better word 
we are at already 350 <laughs> pages of random back and forth and shouting and screaming and YouTube links, uh, this, um, because after that mobile fidelity, um, some of their engineers, they actually invited this Mike Exposito record store owner I've to visit him. That. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that. And, uh, that's the, and I watched that and, um, a lot of the responses online are definitely becoming, um, I don't want to say bordering on outrage, but there is a lot of emotional and financial investment in for consumers in the mobile fidelity um, label. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. You know, I went, you know, when I knew that we were going to be talking about this, I kind of looked at my personal library, just to kind of jot down the MoFi's that I have. And um, I don't have, I have maybe 15 ish or so. Um, which we can talk about specific titles that when it comes down to that point. Um, but I know the general feeling just before we get into kind of like sound and audiophileness mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. that consumers definitely are sharing feelings online of just being lied to, being uh, misled. Um, you know, the, the, ter the term that really pops up in my mind is obfuscate. I think I'm pronouncing mm, it correctly, obfuscate, right? Yeah. Obfuscate. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to the Mobile Fidelity website, if you um, look inside a Mobile Fidelity record or a one step where they have all this documentation that describes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. their whole techno you know, technological process and chain, process, yeah. um, technically, they make it vague enough in their marketing and advertising where they never actually truly say that they're actually going from the analog tape and cutting it directly, directly to the lacquer yeah, yeah. without an in-between step. So technically they're not, they're not saying it, they're yeah. lying, you know? They're, because I mean, pe they're... people online are, are getting passionate enough where they're using the words uh, liable. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. there a legal responsibility? Yep. Yep. Is there an ethical? So yep. that's how big the language is kind of getting. But people online are also responding. Unfortunately, when you really look at the way they worded it, they've worded it in a way where it's vague enough. Yeah. But they've they've surrounded their language with enough technical jargon mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. expertise where you're kind of, you know, led to believe Look at this shiny thing right here. <laughs> yeah. But don't pay attention to this vagueness that's over here. Yeah. But in this interview with the MoFi engineers, they do go on the record and they say um, that yes, uh, there are many titles that they have definitely that they have cut from the from the tape mm -hmm. uh, to the to uh, and digitize it into this um, DSD format. And then using that DSD digital file mm -hmm. um, to then cut the lacquer and go through the process. Mm -hmm. And um, in so this video with the MoFi engineers is about an hour long. And wow, um, some of the feelings, some of the feelings that I'm getting, I'm pretty sure it's I, really heady. Uh, like I wouldn't advise anyone yeah. who's not into this part of it, the vinyl, and like they watch so it. Here, and then when, so one of the things that I did, it's very heady, it's very technical. A big part of this hour interview are the three engineers basically telling you that like how good a DSD is, why archiving the DSD 
is really the best way to do it, why it sounds better. It's a lot of justification in that regard. Mm -hmm. But my general feeling conversing with some of the people online and the and the and the music forums here on Steve Hoffman boards. And I even presented this like I just posted a question. Hey, guys, I'm going to be hopping onto this podcast with my guy mm -hmm. uh, tune in. But if you had some specific questions or things that you'd like me to ask or just touch on and bring up yeah. most of the people that responded, they're basically like, you know, they're talking about the financials of it. They're mm -hmm. they're talking about yeah. like I was led to believe that when I paid one hundred twenty five dollars, you're paying a lot of money for, for these records. For I want to I want to stay here for a second. You're paying a lot of yeah. money for these records. First of all, I want to shout out that you shout out the podcast on the forums. I think I want to go with the live format because I want people to tune yeah. in and, and, and ask questions and whatever yeah. and just be a part. I want people to be a part yeah. of this. Is a community podcast. It's not something where you know me and you are the heads and we're speaking to we're speaking down to people right like i want people to interact with us yeah. more so like yeah. i really want to figure out back to the for format part of of the trs of, t of the record spinner podcast i want to figure out a way to get people more engaged with this podcast. and then you know and before i, I pass it back on to you to kind of keep me on focus no yeah, i do want I, I do want to share uh because someone did message me like mm -hmm. so a couple people just put some things in um, in the thread, oh, yeah. but uh, a really nice user did message me and he actually gave me some specific questions Sweet. just that he was feeling and his question basically was, should audiophile record consumers continue to purchase from a company that willingly allowed its customers to believe they were paying premium prices Ooh. for premium all analog products when they weren't? This is the um, biggest question to me. Yeah. This is the biggest question to me. Everything else is like, okay, look dsd versus you know uh, analog like okay yeah. cool whatever like if yeah. it's, if it's no, good no, it's good no one is truly no one is really questioning mofi's expertise yeah and we're not questioning their technology yep. um their knowledge their expertise but is it worth 120 um, dollars? Yeah. that is the question yeah. is it worth yeah. is it are you that, that that's a moral question right there. Yes. like that because yeah, that yeah. then leads into the i don't want to say it because i don't want to accuse mobile fidelity yeah. of such but like that leads to rip off right like yeah. are you ripping customers yeah. off? yeah like, and people and you know in this 350 page thread and constantly growing um there's definitely divisions and factions uh there's definitely a strong faction of like why does it matter? It all sounds the same. True. You I'm were in that, saying I'm in that category. You were saying these things were sounding good before this knowledge bomb dropped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you know, is that gonna, you know, that doesn't change them sounding good afterwards per se. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a lot of unfortunately, a lot of like back and forth and just people are very emotionally engaged because again, it's it's a lot of money, it's not cheap. It's a lot um, of money. Like I've people been... have been People have been collecting mobile fidelity sure. much longer than yeah. I have. Yeah, and yeah. And I mean, the, the the, just the sheer amount of money people drop on these. I see I, some of the folks that I follow on Instagram who follow me back, some of them only post their mobile fidelity records and they have a shit ton of mobile fidelity records. So if you're if you're in that area yeah. where you're buying almost exclusively yeah. these MoFi records, I get it. Like there are some passions there that have yeah. to be addressed. There are some questions that have to be answered. Yeah. Um, yeah. My the other yeah. and before you know we pass it on to you, the other kind of big point that I think most people can agree upon is the idea of transparency. Yeah. And the idea of fully communicating 
to the consumer in as simple and as clear a manner without any uh, technical obfuscation, I guess, if that's a word, mm -hmm. uh, um, okay. not using fancy language to obfuscate yep. and confuse the consumer yep. from what should be a pretty simple question. Um, are you cutting from an analog tape directly to lacquer yep. without some kind of digital step in between? Mm -hmm. Or are you cutting? Are you archiving? Are you are you doing some kind of digital process? Yep. Now, then using that digital process to then cut the lacquer. It's a pretty simple yes or no question, is. to be very honest with it you. It is. And we ask that of every reissue form, uh, yeah, outfit, we do. right? Don't we? We, we, yeah, we, we, do. we judge reissue outfits based on this yeah. just one question. Like, hey, are you yeah. cutting from original? Or are you? is this a digital yeah. format that you're, that yeah. you're capturing? Yeah. No matter, because I buy from some who digitize, right? And for me, in my ear, I can't really tell the difference. Some, I have to turn up the volume mm -hmm. on. We've talked we've talked about this agnosium, mm -hmm. right? Like some, mm -hmm. I have to turn up the volume on. Some, I notice it's like, oh, that's a little, it's a little off. But then there are others where it's like, yo, this sounds like the band's in my room. This sounds mm -hmm. like they yeah. just set up the studio in my room and like yeah. they're, they're jamming out right here. So like yeah. I... I, me not being an audiophile or being half mm -hmm. of an audiophile as i like to say i don't i don't know if this is such a big deal from any perspective other than the integrity piece like if you're saying this is what your product is if yeah. people just are basing yeah. that off the name mobile fidelity yeah. the reputation that you have yeah. mobile fidelity right and they're saying that this is an outfit that is yeah. noted for reissuing straight off analog tapes yeah so what makes this even more complex than that is that um there's enough evidence from enough confirmed and reputable sources where um mobile fidelity at least when they say they're using the original analog tape so on a mobile fidelity product they actually the banner on top there's basically two different types of banners if the banner on the top of a product says mobile fidelity like sound lab mm -hmm. um that means that's different from if the banner on the top says original master recording gotcha so yep. yes so the banner that says original master recording um they are very clear that the source that starts this whole process is from the original um analog tape mm -hmm. um and if it has the other banner that it may be from like a copy tape or from a digitized format of gotcha. some sort now what they what so what they don't it's it's not as simple as saying mofi lied to us mm -hmm. because again when you look at their marketing and you look at their advertising and the way that they are they 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 phrase it very carefully they say that what you're buying is from the original analog tape if you really think about it you could make an argument especially in a court of law that they're actually not lying to you the thing that you're buying from them did actually come from an original analog tape yeah yeah what the the question at hand that's really getting people into the arguments and emotionally engaged is were we led to believe that the original analog tape was cut to lacquer without a digital step in between mm -hmm. um that that's really the big question right yeah. so where people are really upset is that they feel like for many years they were led to believe 
that based on their marketing, their reputation, the way they advertise it, they were led to believe that they were taking this original analog tape and that they were cutting that directly to the lacquer. And we have now learned that going as far back as at least 2008, um, the majority of the stuff Ooh. that they have released um, has involved or included this digital slash DSD thing format uh, from the tape yeah uh, going yeah. and so just to just to reiterate again i guess like i mean it's not so much about the sound because i mean like you said i think the argument dies there where it's like hey you we were all complimenting mofa sound like that has always been cream of the crop top of the top mm -hmm. of the shelf for a long time when we talk about reissues right we've always mm -hmm. you know raved about that but what we are talking about is the integrity here like i yeah. mean like you yeah. since 2008 that's a yeah. that's a lot of records yeah. that people have bought so and that and that was that had changed because the video that uh mike exposito released on july 14th the original breaker of this news mm -hmm. um his sources told him it was actually 2015 everything okay. everything 2015 on uh would have been um In essentially would have been essentially in question digitized gotcha. but the interview with the actual mofi engineers which to their credit um they you know they um they do state on the record that going as far back to a couple of examples as far back as 2008 um that digitization um has been in play and mm -hmm. the only other thing to add into this is that um you know when you listen to the engineers like their technical explanations for why they're doing this they they actually they make sense mm -hmm. um you know um mofi is in california sony sony bmg mm -hmm. they're on the east coast they're yeah. i believe they're they're in the new york new area york, I think, yeah. so for example you know one of the creme de la cremes of the mofi reissue catalog has been the miles davis reissues yeah i mean i pretty much own all of them i, I went through a quick um i, I, I got pretty much all of them yeah I've got Nefertiti, I've got Sorcerer. And these are the MoFi. Yeah, these are the MoFi. Okay, I've gotcha. got the yeah, Miles and the Sky. Yeah, all of the Miles Davis, essentially all of the Miles Davis uh, reissues through MoFi. Wow. I've got the Kind of Blue on 45. If, um, if you're trying to get rid of them now, you have a no, friend. I'm kidding. Me, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, I am not. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, on this interview, they, you know, the uh, Mike, the record store owner, does mm -hmm. say, like, well, he, he asked for specific titles and they tell you straight up, like, you know, so like the Miles Davis catalog, that that's all, uh, that's all been digitized. Whoa. So, Whoa. yeah, so those were, and basically they go through the whole process because a company like Sony is, and rightfully so, they're not going to ship these master tapes across the country. Yeah, yeah. So you you see how boxes of records yeah, are. We all joke exactly. about that in the record community. It, it's our too valuable. Are, yeah, yeah, our records are usually messed up. Make sense. Yeah, our records so, are always messed up and, you know, they're bent. I've seen some. There's one guy who yeah. posts all his, like, how records come to him, like how his mail person delivers them. And, like, they're always folded, which just makes me yeah. cringe, right? Like, yeah. so just imagine imagine something similar yeah. with master tapes. Like, that, yeah. you're talking you about a it. person's catalog. Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't do that. So, basically, in situations like this where Mobile Fidelity does want to release the title, they want to use the original analog tape, but clearly the company is not going to ship it to them across the country. Mm -hmm. Mobile Fidelity actually brings their equipment to them 
That makes sense. And then they actually, they use their own tape deck to play back, to, to play back the original analog tape. That makes sense. Actually there. Um, and then they have, um, electronics that basically convert that analog tape into their digital DSD format mm -hmm. that they'll use. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they basically, it's literally for lack of a better word, a mobile setup that they essentially use. And then they bring that back to, um, back to their offices in, in Sebastopol, I think it's what it's called yeah. California. And then they go ahead and they, they, they do whatever tweaking, whatever mastering, whatever, production process they do and um you know you get from the interview these are clearly highly qualified engineers they know what they're doing they know what they're talking about they're because it's mobile fidelity we all know they're using the creme de la creme of technological yeah, yeah. advances tip top there's nothing of uh, their gear and electronics is beyond reproach yeah. but one of the gut feelings i'm getting from the forums is that people would have even appreciated like an apology <laughs> yeah, or, or like an acknowledgement an acknowledgement like an acknowledgement an acknowledgement of um can you guys as mofi peeps and again i don't want to harp on the engineers because they're they're basically employees mm -hmm. they're going to do whatever the upper execs and marketing people and the c you know you know they're basically just performing their their jobs for their yeah. their salary and their benefits yeah. um but the fact that you know, in this interview, they kind of have a very jokey um, vibe, yeah, a very playful kind of element. Um, they don't really truly, um, I don't, they don't truly seem to authentically and genuinely acknowledge why people are so upset gotcha. about all of this, yeah. because a big part of the interview is them um, explaining their process, why they think it's the best. Uh, why they think it has led to the best sounding results uh, mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. But like you said, the deeper questions are really about integrity. It's about transparency yeah. um, to the consumer. It's about, uh, you know, but in, in the, in the, in, in the video, in the interview, MoFi does say that they do plan on kind of creating a system of transparency. Well, you'll know moving forward in the future, um, how, how it's sourced and how it's cut and just giving that information to the consumer so that they can make a, a more informed choice moving forward. Maybe, and that maybe and comes on, their, on the price too. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably not. <laughs> and then on the website, like making some kind of list or page that will have like all the past titles and kind of like which ones uh, were genuinely cut from analog tape. Mm -hmm. So the things that were most likely probably actual generally cut to lacquer from an and from analog tape. So a pure analog chain from beginning until end mm -hmm. are typically those records from Warner Brothers because Warner is out in California. Mm. I got you. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, there was a couple of confirmed cases from MoFi and from other confirmed sources where it's like this record because the master tape was owned by Warner and that's much closer to where they are in Sebastopol, California, they were actually able to receive said analog master tape um, safely on site and able to cut to lacquer directly from analog tape. Hey, hey man, listen, 
I'm gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap this up because we we're for the sake of time. I want to you know, take a quick bathroom break. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, and then we're gonna get back to the vinyl recommendations. Yeah, but Ryan, we're gonna double back on this, man. Uh, yeah, I think we I need think, you. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna double back on this. We we may get some some other some form peeps if you, I want to hop on and and join us in this conversation. I think that'll be a good piece. Um, because I, I'm sort of, I don't have a dog in this fight because I don't buy any MoFi records. I'm not at that point yet. I'm getting to that point, right? Where like, after I get a few more of these OGs that I've been looking for, like I may start, you know, spending the, this amount of money on certain records that I want, especially that Miles Davis catalog that you have. Um, that would be dope. But, you know, I, I want to get people who are very engaged in this topic and who, who, who have a dog in this fight, who have, you know, mm. yays and nays about what's what's uh moral here for for mofa but like i said i want to take a quick break and then we're going to come back so you got it one second you got it I did, you know, just to kind of make sure that we kind of stayed focused on the discussion, I made sure to kind of just write up some points and some questions, either that were brought up to me or just things that I kind of popped up in my mind nice. about this whole MoFi thing. Um, like, for me, this kind of then, this kind of re-brings up the whole OGs versus reissues it concept. Does. It does. Um, you know, and the story that I'd like to share is that, uh, so my wife and I, a couple months ago, we got to see Elton John. Uh, perform awesome. live at the united center and yeah. he was amazing i'm sure yeah but ever since that i've been kind of online trying to actually because i don't really have any elton vinyl mm -hmm. right yeah, me and either. um as you can imagine his vinyl has been reissued but mm -hmm. a lot of the reissues are kind of going through a similar thing where the label isn't necessarily making it very clear how it's cut and where it's sourced from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i just went ahead and i bit the bullet and i just I purchased and it should be landing tomorrow from a really nice local seller um, who essentially um, these are Japanese reissues from the original OG. So this is all 70s reissues where, you know, there's no digitization, obviously, because that technology didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting essentially three fully analog reissue, you know, from the Japanese market yeah. of like these three classic Elton John albums, Sweet. right? which from a sound perspective will be will sound as close to an original pressing that i can reasonably get that my wallet can kind of afford yeah, yeah. 
Um, and, you know, I think all in all, they're a little bit more expensive than what I could have bought on Amazon or whatever reissue thing. Mm -hmm. But you know what? No, it's cool. Like, at least I know what I'm buying and I know I have a pretty decent idea that it's was going to, you know, it's sound quality and, yeah. um, you know, th that kind of stuff. So I think this does kind of bring in the whole OG ver versus reissue, because I think a lot of times people might lean towards reissues because you had a certain comfort mm -hmm. knowing that, mm -hmm. oh, it's being cut from the analog tape to lacquer. Um, there's no questions or issues there. Yeah, listen, I, when you buy when you buy OGs, the, the 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 real catch is, especially when you buy them on Discogs or 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 digitally or not digitally but virtually, right? The the real question is, what's the condition, right? I've gotten a few OGs that, I mean, they were priced at the OG at the OG rate, which is expensive, <laughs> but they definitely were a run through. You know what I mean? Like they had they had gone through some some stuff, and so like. We, that comes in that, that's a question that's a question mark right there right like mm -hmm. so a lot of people look at and i'm in this boat like a reissue like hey maybe it's not the og but at least i'm the first to spend this at least i'm gonna get the clearest quality i don't have to question whether if you know Correct. side two's beat or you know or yeah. side one's beat i don't have to ask that question because i know yeah. It's going to be, you know, brand new out of the package. So, and and this comes into play with with an artist as popular as Miles Davis or yep. Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. where Miles Davis is so popular is so popular that for most for the most part, you can get an OG pretty reasonably. Pretty yeah, price. pretty pretty cheap. I have so many of his OGs, like, <laughs> and, and some um, of them I find in dollar bins. So yeah. like yeah, that's and, how much. You know, yeah. um, even going a step back, this whole MoFi thing, I think the michael jackson thriller with their advertised one-step process their 125 dollars price tag mm -hmm. but then when they had mentioned we're going to make forty thousand of these things that was really a wow. turning point where some some very in-tune consumers were like wait a minute how the numbers that? yeah how can you how 40, can you <laughs> yeah how can you cut from a master tape directly to lacquer and that lacquer, you know, ultimately will be able to produce the lacquer that you produce yeah. at most. You might you might produce 500 or a thousand, maybe 500 to a thousand records at yeah. most yeah. from that one lacquer. And then people were like making the math. Wait, you would have to run the analog tape 80, 90, 100 mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. So that kind of got people's ground, yeah. wheels turning like. I, I don't think they're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that. That was kind of the whole thing. It's kind of like, um, and I think that's a part of it too, is that, you know, MoFi, I don't think they realize how, like that they've been doing this for obviously for many years now. Mm -hmm. So I think they've lost sight of that. This would be an issue for consumers, yeah, <laughs> for consumers yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And I think that's honestly, when I first heard of this issue, that's what I really thought of, thought it was, I summed it up as this, like, Here's a, uh, an organization, a company who has always been at the top of the game of, of the re reissue outfits and, and doing its thing with uh, with audiophile technology and recreating these ama amazing masterpieces and selling them for top dollar. What happened was they probably just, it's like, hey, like we've been doing this so long. Our name, our name is our name. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. we can get by on, on just exactly. putting a name 
more exactly. fidelity on there. Exactly. And exactly. I mean, I hate to say that, but a lot of companies do that after a while mm-hmm. because yeah. the, it's so tedious of a process when you when you yeah. reach a height like that where you you, yeah. you cut your teeth on doing the hard work. Now you, I think sometimes you just want to sit back and see how easy of a dollar you can make because the, mm-hmm. the you know, the the hard work is established. You you yeah. made a name for yourself. You yeah. won the game essentially. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, so the future, so the, you know, moving forward from this discussion, it's going to come down to will, will the sales numbers that mobile fidelity is projecting or expecting? Um, There is, uh, I did see online that the Washington Post Mm. um, has actually, there's a journalist um, or a couple of journalists that have actually reached out to a couple of like online users. Mm -hmm. Um, They've actually reached out, I believe, to, uh, Michael Fremer, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the 45 RPM audio file uh, YouTube yeah, guy, Mike yeah, from no, Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe I believe Washington Post has reached out to him. So I think later this week, um, the Washington Post um, is actually they they may potentially uh, release um, an article basically breaking this, but doing it you know um, depending upon. Uh, whether you consider the Washington Post a truly journalistic entity, but at bare minimum, let's just call the Washington Post an actual legit journalistic intent- entity, sure. more so than a Mike Exposito from In the Groove yeah, yeah, records yeah. that yeah. interviewed MoFi. Um, so that will be very telling if that comes out later this week and what their whole what their information gathering but was. The, the Washington that will put it on the forefront for sure. But yeah. you know how our, how our community works. If it comes from Fremer, that yeah. that comes at that that we realize that we yeah. we understand that as being sort of like a law, right? There, yeah. there are those in his camp who understand his his expertise, his prowess, mm-hmm. uh, and acknowledge that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so we just need the word from from the top guys in our community, honestly, mm-hmm. before it dips or you know mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. You know, I mean, of course, newbies who are in, introed into the community, um, this may be a great time to take advantage of that. Um, uh, of you know, just getting into. I mean, again, mobile fidelity for me has been something I'm I'm slowly building up to, because that price mark mm-hmm. is so it's really steep. Um, and that's a price mark that I'm willing to pay for finding an OG for a, a yeah. rare, a rare um, record that I don't own. That's a price mark that I'm willing to pay for that type of record. But I can't justify paying that for a sound that maybe I hear, maybe I don't yeah. hear from a record that I already own. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's that's where I am with that. So. Yeah. Um, so I know for myself, uh, I've got one mobile fidelity on pre-order. I've got the bitches brew one step. Um, I pre, yeah, I placed my pre-order of in November, 2021. Um, so I'm not planning on canceling it because I actually don't have a copy of bitches brew. Yeah. Good. Um, so this will be my first copy. Um, I, I know at least now I know what I'm buying. Mm-hmm. I know the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when I pre-order, to be honest, when I placed that pre-order, I was under the impression that I was getting something that would be cut directly to lacquer from the analog tape. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know that um, that analog tape is being converted into DSD mm-hmm. digital before going to lacquer. Um, as a consumer, uh, I still feel it's it, it will be worth it for me as a consumer to not cancel my pre-order. There are many other users. Um, I think 
at least from what I've seen online, mm -hmm. many people that had the Michael Jackson Thriller pre-order, mm -hmm. uh, many have canceled that pre-order. So, uh, many have kept the pre-order. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a user online where um, he had canceled, he had like maybe five or more pre-orders with Mobile Fidelity for mm -hmm. a number of albums. Mm -hmm. When the news broke, he ended up canceling all of them. So I think he canceled wow. about $1,000 worth with of pre-orders. And actually, the Washington Post, he had mentioned online that the Washington Post had reached out to him and they interviewed him for about 15 or so minutes hey. to kind of get his perspective. Because I think at the end of the day, from a mainstream journalistic standpoint, it really comes down to, is this an issue big enough that's going to cause a dip in numbers yep. and yep. sales? Because yep. if, if it doesn't, then mobile fidelity doesn't really have any motivation to, to, to come increase out transparency yep. or do any of that thing. No accountability is needed yeah. if, if it doesn't really dip. If, so if things we, as, yeah, we as consumers are, we're going to have to um, basically speak with our wallets essentially, yep. Yep. but you know, that's, that's the rule of the game. You basically, you do speak with your wallet. You right? have to, you have to, you have to. And I, I say that for, um, for my black community, when I think about, you know, sort of some of the things that, you know, we we want out of, you know, this country that we live in, speaking with your wallet is the biggest thing. I try to buy black. I try to shop black as much as possible. Like this is this is the name of the game, unfortunately. Right. Um, so this is what you have to do. So for our community, the vinyl community, um, we have to do much the same. Like speak, speak, let your voice be heard with your wallet like um yeah, I mean, for for it's it's tough. It's it's easy, always easier said than done, though. For audiophiles, I can imagine you guys are like in a really precarious situation right now. Yeah, um, because, like uh, for with this Michael Jackson thriller, um, I have an OG because you can get an I OG for, for like five, ten bucks. Ten bucks, yeah. I see them um, all the time I, in the record store. Yeah, I listened to it last night just to kind of refresh my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, it sounds okay. You know what I mean? Like great record. It's, it's you know it's a great record, but like from an audiophile perspective um like it's 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 fine right mm -hmm. um there's nothing too special or crazy from like a sound perspective because i just think the way that it's recorded it's so dense yeah i was gonna say there's yeah, so cool. many tracks and layers so mike x mike esposito heavily after, layered record yeah, yeah i'm just thinking about how, yeah. how many layers that record after he interviewed mofi um he did a follow-up video kind of going into more details mm -hmm. and he was actually able to he was um able to listen to a test pressing of the michael jackson thriller one-step mobile fidelity that they they plan on releasing mm -hmm. and you know mike says this thing sounds amazing it sounds beautiful it sounds way better um than an original pressing like this is going to be a really beautiful thing when it ultimately is released some people have criticized mike um from in the groove because mm -hmm. they felt he could have been harder with the MoFi engineers, um, Mike kind of justifies it that, you know, like he was, he wasn't trying to approach them from a combative, yeah, offensive, yeah. aggressive standpoint, because yeah, he acknowledges he's not a journalist like the Washington Post. He's yeah. just a record store owner that was invited. Some people had criticized him saying, um, you basically just let mobile fidelity spin, spin their thing I and mean, that wasn't what he was probably trying to do he was just that's trying, probably, trying to get some exactly. more information that's all and if they yeah. chose to give him 
some softball information because he gave softball questions, then Correct. that's that yeah. says more to them than it does about him. Exactly. So, yeah. I think, exactly. I think you got to look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. People are not faulting. Truly, there's no fault on uh, the fact that uh, Mike from In the Groove spent his own money to fly out to Jeez, them yeah. and basically spend. I think he spent at least eight hours there, <laughs> um, yeah. kind of purviewing their facility and interviewing them and talking with them all of his own time and money and resources well let's let's um, uh i want you to send me a link to the interview i want to link it in the description of the show yeah. um and shout out to mike shout out to to yeah. in the groove records um for for doing that that work that that necessary work um of keeping people accountable you know like i think this mm -hmm. is this is at the end of the day i don't care i don't care if it's my favorite reissue outfit or my favorite outfit uh to to or prep for pressing vinyl like we we gotta we all have to stay accountable in in some form or fashion um and it's important to you know to keep people on top of their game like i think that's really what this is an issue of mobile fidelity using their name and just sort of saying hey our name is our name, right? And some some Marvel Stanfield stuff right there. That's a reference for the from the wire for my wireheads. But uh, but yeah, I think that's that's what this is. It's one of those weird cases where they said, "Hey, let's just go out on our name," and people people did it because. Oh, sweet, thanks, Ryan. Um, mm -hmm. He sent the link just now. So um, so I think that's that's what we're dealing with is one of those really interesting cases and i mean I, our community is really great at getting to the bottom of stuff we don't like the drama this is something that's not not our mo we don't really like being involved in like you know pros and against like we're yeah. because because you, i think you said it at the at the top of of this of the intro of this conversation is we're so segmented based on genre based on uh for or not format but based on type right like yeah. there's the ogs versus the reissues there's the there's rock there's rockers there's there's uh jazzers there's you know there's the there's the contemporary music fans right who, who love the the, the current yeah. stuff like this and so, we're all over the place so it's the, the sad this the saddest part about this whole thing is that you can definitely online you can feel and see a fragmentation yeah um you you you, def, you have a very large fragment of people that are are genuinely hurt. Yeah. Um, I would and, be too if I spent one hundred twenty dollars right. per um, record. <laughs> and the these individuals that are hurt financially as well as emotionally, um, they're reaching out online to mm -hmm. people to kind of at least affirm and that their feelings are in the right place. But a lot of times they're being responded with you know suck it up buttercup kind of responses like that's not stop, the way to go yeah yeah stop don't stop complaining yep. and you know that kind of leads to other kind of random things and then you just have a random you know most people are i think at this point are just like can we please talk about something else can we mm -hmm. <laughs> can we please mm -hmm. just listen to like records and yeah, get back, you know get back to our little yeah. record communities yeah. right but you know kind of like the bottom line is it's going to be the wallet Right. Yep. Um, yep. If people are still going to continue to support mobile fidelity with everything they know, um, so be it. That that is their choice. Yep. Uh, for those of us that don't want to, uh, based on merit or principle, mm -hmm. um, hey, that's that's a very fine choice. It's also your choice. Yeah. I know for myself, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll I'll do it on a case by case basis based on just 
my gut and my feelings. And uh, I'm not going to be buying the one step thriller. I have an OG. I'm happy with my OG um, online. I've even commented. I like off the wall better anyways. To be yeah, honest. I was about to say off the wall. is <laughs> off the, that's, we, we, that's a whole conversation right there, actually. Right. I know. But we'll, I want to wrap it up in the next 10 minutes here. But yeah. off the wall is such a great project. I think it's so slept on in, in the Michael Jackson area. Uh, of yeah. like people. I have off the wall. I own that record. That's the only Michael Jackson record I do own. Yeah. I don't even own Thriller. I don't think i see it all the time in record stores and i'm yeah. so close to buying it all the time but yeah. i usually just see something else yeah, that i want but yeah like <laughs> i off the wall is that's a phenomenal yeah. record i might play this play it after the show so yeah you know so, i'm I, like i said i'm keeping my bitches brew pre-order um you know and i'll just take it by a case-by-case basis moving forward with me as a consumer and mobile fidelity yeah. um i wasn't going hardcore with my mobile fidelity or one step purchases anyways yeah. most of the one steps that i purchased i was able to purchase at kind of like a discount um a lower than retail rate anyway so i, I truly don't have that much financially invested into mobile fidelity as is yeah. um but i definitely um i can definitely have sympathy yeah, uh, and me can too. feel for those consumers that have invested a lot into mobile fidelity, either as a record store owner or as a consumer that's been um, spending thousands of dollars through their product through the 80s and 90s and 2000s and 2010s. Oh, I, I don't even uh, want to think about those. Like, yeah. That's that's incredible. You definitely yeah. feel hurt if you've been supporting, supporting yeah. them that long. You know? yeah wow yep 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 but let's let's uh we're gonna double back on this topic for sure you won't this won't not be the last you will hear from me or ryan around this of uh, me i will be asking questions that's it because that's really all i have invested in mobile fidelity but i i agree with ryan that like i can sympathize and that's why i brought this topic to the record spinner podcast because it's such a interesting topic um one that we talk about uh we talk around me and you ryan we talk around it a lot with you know the audio file setup and the reissue versus the og we we have episodes that you can check out um that talk about this very topic before it even became a topic so it's very interesting stuff um let's get to my favorite portion of the show yeah the final recommendations and then we're gonna wrap up here um ryan you want to go first or I, yeah i picked mine up when i took that little break so yeah and you're, you're gonna have to apologize because the last time we did something like this was february yeah <laughs> so um uh, fortunately i've been re- i've been much better about cataloging pretty much i'm almost done but there was a certain point in time within the past like two or three years where every new purchase i made i would catalog it in discogs mm-hmm. so i've been doing that but slowly and surely I've been cataloging my older stuff into Discogs. So I'm actually covering some ground where I would imagine by the end of before school starts for me, uh, everything will be cataloged. So I, I went to my Discogs and I was able to basically kind of look at from the last time that we chopped it up back in February. Mm-hmm. So I do have a number of things. You know, that's, um, first of all, I'll just say you reminded me of the biggest assignment that I have to do with my records. Right now, I'm currently looking <laughs> for a new uh, record stand, a, a new holder, like a new yeah. shelf for my records. Oh, yeah. But that is also what I have to do. Like while my records are still in these boxes, I should go through one box by one and maybe, you know, catalog these or make sure yeah. that they're up on my discogs. That'll be a yeah. good assignment for me to yeah. do. So. And then I, I wanted to incorporate something different uh, to kind of go along with some of the topics. Mm-hmm. For each of my vinyl purchase recommendations I'm going to make, um, I'll kind of also talk a little bit about 
where it's sourced from, how was that mm. communicated, mm. so that we can kind of see, because one of the questions that was brought up to me online was like, how transparent should a label like Mobile Fidelity be in mm -hmm. this kind of situation? Mm -hmm. What is reasonable to expect a company like Mobile Fidelity in terms of the information that they communicate to a consumer about their product? And what better way to answer that question than through like what other record labels are doing? So yeah. uh, for oh, my- That's great, that's great, Ryan. I won't yeah. be doing that though. No, <laughs> totally fine. So, um, uh, kind of going along with what I was saying, uh, I was a longtime subscriber for uh, Vinyl Me, please. Um, Shout outs. Yeah, I, I've actually uh, not necessarily because I was um, uh, because I was not happy with their product, of which I was very happy with their product. Mm -hmm. It was more of a financial thing combined with VMP releases. Um, like in three months spurts, mm -hmm. what they're going to be releasing on their different tracks. Yeah. And then my subscription was finishing up, I think like in April or May. Mm -hmm. And then what they had advertised for the following three months, I wasn't really feeling. So mm -hmm. I, I actually went ahead and I did not renew my subscript, my subscription, mm -hmm. but it's not as fault necessarily for the quality of product for VMP. But the last two things that I was able to get from my Vinyl Me Please subscription, uh, this is their Aaliyah reissue. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. I remember I was hearing a, about that. I got an email. I was, a, I was a huge fan of Aaliyah, um, as you can imagine, because that's basically when she when she was doing her thing with uh, Timberland as a producer. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that was basically, you know, my coming of age teenage years. And that's fantastic. <laughs> you um, had a crush on her, didn't you, Ryan? Oh, of course. <laughs> and the very last thing I got from VMP was there a tribe called Quest Low End Theory Sweet. reissue. Um, and these are all, uh, these are all fantastic. So yeah. uh, before I move on from my VMP stuff, um, the way that they kind of do their communication and sourcing mm -hmm. um, if they are cutting directly from analog tape to lacquer, they'll make it very clear in their marketing or in advertising, mm -hmm. like this is from the analog master tape. It is cut directly to lacquer. They use all the right verbiage to not leave it in question. Mm -hmm. um, if VMP doesn't say that, you can assume it's coming from a digital source or a digital stuff and so forth. So those, yeah, so those two things, based on the way that VMP has shown that they communicate it, mm -hmm. you can deduce pretty easily that those are digitally sourced in some form or fashion. Nice. Yeah. Right. So listen to that record spinners, because that's that's free game right there. Yeah. Uh, this is from Impex Records. Uh, this is Kenny Dorham's mm -hmm. Matador. This is yeah. uh, absolutely fantastic and beautiful record.
Impact Records is awesome from a transparency perspective because they'll um, they've been uh, whether it be through Instagram, Instagram Reels, YouTube videos, mm -hmm. um, they'll tell you exactly where things are cut from. Yeah. For the most part, you can trust that they are cutting to lacquer directly from analog tape mm -hmm. um, because they'll show it to you, and if not, they'll tell you otherwise. Yeah, and that let me tell you, I have a few impacts records. They do great work. So, yeah. so shout outs to them. Uh, so uh, I always have to shout out my man Shane from Intervention Records. That's he right um, there. That's he. One of one of the things, one of the side benefits through this whole MoFi debacle is that many people are using Shane and Intervention Records mm -hmm. as like the the gold standard for transparency and communication in where their product is sourced. That's awesome. So this is the Joe Jackson Body and Soul. I had this on pre-order for, for about a year. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to, the, the hype sticker, the way that Shane does this, first off, you can go on his website. And if you search this title, uh, Shane through Intervention Records will tell you exactly where it's sourced, how it's sourced, how it's cut, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But even on the hype sticker, if I can read it, please. No, go for it. Um, this record is mastered by Kevin Gray at Coherent Audio from the original PCM digital files. So we already know that this recording, it was recorded in a digital format mm -hmm. from Joe Jackson and his band. Mm -hmm. And they basically were able to source those original digital files, which I guess you can call it the master files per se from the studio. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're using to cut it. But mm -hmm. you'll notice um, this is this was a wonderful seller and people pre-ordered this. Yeah. We yeah. knew when we pre-ordered this where it was coming from because Shane was very clear and transparent. He did not lose any sales um, nice. because he has a very good reputation. And it's it's really a simple thing for yeah. a company like MoFi because if Shane from Intervention can, can do, do it, it that you guys can do it. Um, yes. You guys can do it. Yes. Uh, yeah, shout outs to Shane again. Uh, he, he plugged one of the episodes that was really dope of him. So shout outs. Yeah. Um, but that Joe Jackson really quick. Sorry about that. That's not that doesn't have stepping out on it, right? That's not that's the that's a different record I'm thinking about. That's right? a different record. That's, yeah. I think that's either stepping like that might out. be night. That might be night. And that's day. my. I love that. I love that record. Yeah, and Shane, he's done, I think, a lot of Joe Jackson albums. Night and Day, mm -hmm. in contrast, that is cut directly from the analog tape, directly to lacquer, wow. but Shane makes it very clear. In fact, you can go on Intervention, you mm -hmm. click on Night and Day Joe Jackson, he actually shows you the picture on the website of the actual original analog master tape. So, so again, I'm just kind of, you know, to make this all kind of fit, we can see whether it be impacts or intervention, you know, or vinyl me, please. Like, it's not a difficult thing. Um, and Shane, uh, um, he did everything in his little hype sticker, mm -hmm. answered every question that we're asking. That's, what, that's dope, that's dope. And, and Shane did it in three or four sentences without any obfuscation do you need any do you need anything else i mean as nope. far as like three or four sentences to explain Correct. to the, yeah. the consumer where this is Correct. coming from Correct. So, yeah, it's very simple yeah, makes sense. and and shane shane has mastered it and he's done it in a way that's simple and clear and direct and accessible uh hype stickers he actually does a little called like a little thing on the back corner of his albums that also shows you where it's sourced from. okay Sweet. moving on uh this is uh the don rendell quintet this is some yeah. british jazz british yeah. jazz. i'm not i'm not a hardcore british jazz person but um this kind of came across my thing
I had to search long and wide for this. Unfortunately, when this British jazz explosion through the Decca label mm-hmm. was released, this was released 2021, it wasn't very successful. I guess yeah. there's not a huge market for British jazz. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the contemporary stuff is really where it's at. A lot of the sort of yeah. the older stuff, um, even if it's like reissue or whatever, I, I know that a lot of that stuff sort of struggles to, to, to make headway here. But this is this is something that I've been looking for a long time. Uh, this is a reissue. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the first vinyl reissue from its original, um, made in print. So this was 1972. Mm-hmm. So this is a 2021. Mm-hmm. But they have this little um, insert. And if I go to the bottom of the insert, the mastering notes. <laughs> and because it's so short and clear, it's only like a couple sentences, it should be very easy for me to read. Mastering notes. Originals recut recordings have been lovingly remastered at Gearbox Record Studio directly from the original tapes using a Studer quarter inch stereo tape machine. Mm. Um, they were then uh, sent through an all tube valve mastering disc built bespoke custom for Decca Studios uh, back in the 50s. Uh, the LP lacquers were cut, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes it very clear uh, what I'm listening to is a faithful rendition directly cut to lacquer from the original analog master tape. And they did it in about a sentence or two. Dang. Um, right. To communicate that to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I, think we should, I think we should title this Ryan, Ryan Goes at MoFi. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you know, state, Ryan stating facts. You know, <laughs> Mo, MoFi is for the, you know, they're not going to listen to, to peasants us. like yeah, us. They're not gonna this is really us. more for consumers out there yeah. that are questioning what can we reasonably expect from a label These are like all MoFi. Small label or yeah. reissue outfits that we're yeah. talking about here even vinyl me please they're not at the size and scope of a no. mofi so and 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 they've they've figured out what their consumers want and how they want to communicate it and cool. yep. yep um tone poet Woo. um there's been I, i've actually slowed down my tone poet uh purchasing yeah me too um, me too before before it would be instacops mm-hmm. now I, i'm just being more picky just generally gotcha. speaking gotcha so a lot of the tone port stuff that's kind of blue note b shelf c shelf tier mm-hmm. kind of not picked those up as much recently um so, so no like there was Katangas. like a, no more, yeah yeah. yeah so this is in the katanga mold because it's pacific jazz records uh-huh. this is gerald wilson this is kind of left field people that really know who gerald wilson is
Um, I didn't really know who he was as an artist or as an arranger. Uh, I'm glad people online hit me to this because this uh, is definitely an instant cop and, and I absolutely loved it. When you, um, when you call it that, I'm going out to get that right yeah. now. Like, there, I, was like a, there was like a random Mobley title that they, I, I can't recall the, the most recent Hank Mobley um, tone poet mm -hmm. um but it wasn't like one of his like warhorse essential mobiles yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, he did a lot of recording for blue note a lot of it got shelved yep. so whatever this most recent tone poet that was a mobile reissue um i didn't purchase because i'm looking at my personal library i've, I've already got a lot of hank mobile in it the hank mobile that it. i have currently in my library is already stuff that's pretty essential. Yeah. I didn't feel the need just to blindly purchase another Hank Mobley Blue Note when there's my, there's there's a bigger musical world out there for me. Other stuff you want, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the really cool things that is, that has been approaching this summer, uh, the uh, contemporary uh, the contemporary record label, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. uh, contemporary records, um, uh, their recordings are. Um, run and organized by craft the craft recordings label so this so is the you hit me this, the craft by the way mm -hmm. yeah. this is the contemporary uh records um reissue series mm -hmm. uh through uh acoustic sounds um uh chad Cassum. and this is i've gotten a few of these uh but this one i've always wanted a really nice uh copy of art pepper meets the rhythm section uh <laughs> this is a reissue uh, but by all accounts, um, there's enough information and enough legitimacy through craft, craft recordings and acoustic sounds where I'm comfortable knowing that this is cut to lacquer directly from the analog tape, um, unless further revealed by some random YouTube person that has uh, whatever sources. And then my final recommendation um, is, Ooh, and I, I bring I this it. up because I had this on pre-order. And, DC DC and, this, and this thing was delayed for so long this is the 50th anniversary vinyl reissue of the what's going on marvin gay i think it was officially uh 2021 but mm -hmm. i don't think the delay eventually didn't get to me until like february or march of uh, this year of 2022 um but beautiful it's a double it's a two lp the first lp is um uh cut to lacquer directly from the analog tape the mm -hmm. second lp has some like special unreleased versions of some yeah, of the original yeah, album like, like and b-sides yeah b-sides and that's our that's communicated as being digitally sourced yeah. um so you get you got a little bit a mixture of kind of the both things mastered by kevin gray at coherent audio nice. um but i'd love to finish on this because i was just reading online people were comparing this mm -hmm. to whatever version mo i think mofi did a one-step version of this mm -hmm. so i think uh, when I pre-ordered this, I think it might have been $30 or $35. So you get the single LP that's analog cut from to lacquer from the analog tape, the second LP that's digitally sourced of the unreleased takes. But I think the one-step mobile fidelity of this is $125. But people online were saying, like, this sounds better. And how much did you pay for that, if I can ask? $30 or $35. Bucks. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> and and you get the second LP if you're interested in the the alternate versions and all that kind of good well, stuff. Well, listen, um, that I I have a lot of Marvin. I have a lot of of Marvin Gaye's music on vinyl. Um, my biggest regret, my my one of the 
you know those records where it's like every time someone brings it up or every time you hear it on digitally digitally or on someone else's turntable or someone else's mix or whatever you're like why don't i have that that's number one on my list like why don't I, why do i not have this record like it's crazy but I, i'll get it so, eventually this is just the quote-unquote normal 50th anniversary reissue mm-hmm. uh the two lp with the original album and then the second album of outtakes and unreleased versions mm-hmm. um it is significantly cheaper than the 125 one step mobile fidelity i'm sign me up i got two re- ryan has already <laughs> made me buy two records so this is what we're saying here like that's perfect that's a perfect way to to lay out the vinyl recommendation ryan because little i now have two records i gotta buy the gerald uh the gerald what is it gerald no gerald gerald wilson wilson Wilson. okay gerald wilson yeah the gerald wilson record and then uh the marvin gay joint like i got a cop you got it so so thank you you for that i only got three measly little records and i only want to highlight where i got them from um so mine is i'll start off with charles mingus the trio Mm. here charles mingus hampton halls who i'm a big fan of on the keys and danny richmond on drum finishing up a book uh, his autobiography so oh, like, awesome. that's that's why i wanted to highlight that uh, i got that yesterday in my dig over at uh, joe's record paradise um it only was like 18 bucks which is dope um my other one is dollar brand or uh abdullah ibrahim uh echoes from africa this is him and i believe a Ghanaian drummer uh or bass player i cannot recall which instrument it is please charge that to my head not my heart I just finished listening to this record too the other day. Sia jabulingana, sia jabula. Faya sibiza, masi go to genio. Sometimes, sia jabula. Um, but that echoes from Africa is a very simple piece of music. It's just the bass and the keys. So yeah, he's a bass player. Sorry, bass and the keys throughout the entire thing some chanting from both uh from both johnny and from uh abdullah yep and it i just confirmed it's the base it's on the on the credits of course all you gotta do is read right (laughs) (laughs) but uh but great great music if you're into like you know very simple i don't want to say simple sounding but just like very straightforward uh contemplative but like simple just a bass and a key right bass and piano um 
very contemplative music as well. Mm-hmm. Then my final one, uh, Paul Desmond, who I'm yeah. literally just getting into, uh, and, and for I think for a lot of reasons, but like his his saxophone is just so peaceful, so soothing. favorite sax uh sax, he's one of my favorite sax players um obviously right behind the coltrane's and uh, eric's and the, you know eric dolphy's and all that stuff but but he's up there for sure uh this is the paul desmond quintet it's featuring jim hall one of my favorite bass players uh percy keith and connie k uh i got both of the both the uh the the abdullah record and the paul desmond record i got from Shout outs to Soundgarden and Baltimore, where I spend a lot of my time because that's where my girlfriend is. Um, so I spend I'm spending a lot of time out in Baltimore nowadays. Uh, so and it's just a train ride, you know, train ride up to Baltimore. And, uh, you know, I head out and hang out all day, you know, at record stores. And mostly I go to Soundgarden and there's this other smaller place down in the harbor uh, area that I hang out in. And I can't think about it right now, but it's a really cool, really cool little spot um that i go to too so shout outs to the record stores shout outs to the uh to the record re- or reissue outfits out there that ryan highlighted um all you guys keep this community flourishing uh and we appreciate you man so so keep up the amazing work i know it doesn't always seem like it pays off um but it, it's very necessary and we're out here we're trying to buy your stuff so you know soon soon you will reap the rewards yeah (laughs) so yeah so yeah man ryan this has been a fantastic episode awesome uh great episode back uh i really appreciate you taking the time um to to talk to us about this mofa stuff it's very serious stuff so i appreciate your your amazing and your educated um synopsis and uh perspective on it um for those who want to to add in or chime in to that perspective, uh, give your own take uh, to the Record Spinner Podcast, feel free to reach out to me or Ryan or both of us at the Record Spinner Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check our check us out on Instagram as well. My Instagram is Rebirth of the Cool. Um, Ryan, your Instagram and your email. Uh, Instagram is at Ryan Clarentones, uh, and then email is Ryan Claren at gmail.com. Perfect. And Ryan, we will be back uh, hopefully with Tara. We'll have Tara mm-hmm. back with us uh, for our next episode. Uh, it'll be it'll be soon. We'll, we'll go back to our, our, our bi-weekly schedule. I'll try to get back on that uh, before we before you head back to school with the kiddies. So uh, so <laughs> expect a call from me or a text from me very soon. Yeah. I'm trying to schedule that. And uh, yeah, man, thank you guys for listening. Uh, catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.